welcome back to the Whatnots Reactor Core number 115. We have our big spoiler cast for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 uh, right here, right now. We're excited. It's been a long time coming. It feels like we've had like yes. a whole decade of, of the G -G Guardians. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're we excited to get to that indeed. We nearly have. First movie came out August 2014, so nearly wow. nine years uh, in the making. Six of those years spent waiting for Volume 3. For sure, for sure. Uh, my name is Kyle Springer. I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how Hello. are you? <laughs> Thank you for asking about me with great sympathy. We know that this is my very favorite film franchise guardians 2 specifically perhaps my favorite film of my adult life so this was go. a a monumental day for for me and my best friend jack we had a, a whole day planned around going to see this very ceremonial yeah. yeah you you took the day off of work you went out to eat afterwards yeah. you did a whole thing uh, before and was... afterwards we planned everything like very specifically <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's that's so much fun. My mind was not as eventful as as that, but I went as soon as I could. The opening night, Thursday evening, seven thirty, mm. um, and it was it was a pretty full theater, uh, except the first two rows, which yeah. are is like too close up to. I mean, we have those like big recliners, hates and and stuff like that that rec recline and. Uh, heat up and do all that stuff but even still it's just, it's just like you can lean back but it's still almost like too big um, yes to, to sit there but um yeah i i went as soon as i could i had a, bl a blast uh so i think what we will do is kind of talk about our spoiler free thoughts on the movie uh, stuff like that. And then uh, we will have a clear distinction when spoilers will be happening, uh, which will be right after our little housekeeping break. Um, so, yeah, Melissa, let's start with you. You you are, are already had that Guardians is your favorite mm. franchise of the MCU. The second one be being just like a monumental film yes. in your life how did this third one wrap things up this movie really surprised me this did not go the way i thought it was going to go it definitely feels like a finale there's something just seeped mm -hmm. into like the the pacing of it the way it's lit the color temperature of the thing that tells you this is the final one this is the last chapter so yeah. it's tonally very different not very different, but but there is a noticeable difference between these and the other two. It's not quite as fun, but I think that is what we were expecting going in. That part didn't surprise me. I knew I was going to cry a lot and I did cry a lot, but it was not. It was not an emotional experience in the way that I was expecting it to be an emotional experience. It still was just different. Interesting. There's stuff that this movie pulled off that really astounded me. OK, OK, I, I don't know. So you use the, the word not as fun, but I think I want to preface that with it's still really fun. I oh, love yes. this. Yes. But I, I think you're, you're right. There is this sense of like everything has come full circle. 
we're here yes. at the end. This is a finale. This is the grand send off, um, which which has more of a somber feel to it. Um, there there's there's tons of emotional moments. I definitely teared up uh, by the end of, of this. My my pa- pa- partner was crying from the very first scene to the yeah. end, like nonstop. Yeah. Just like there's there's so much there's, stuff happening that is emotional. There's a lot all the time um and yeah i i loved it i had a blast with this i think this is up there as one of the better marvel films period yes um i I know going into this i was seeing some people on twitter being like this is the the best marvel film we've gotten since and game and like i said it's one of the best ones that we've we've got yes absolutely um, and I, I, I think this, this, I, I mean, we've we've already known that Guardians were good movies, but I think this solidifies <laughs> the trilogy as yes. one of, if not the best trilogy in the MCU. Um, in anything, as, it's it's so consistent, and yeah, just really gives you everything you need right there at the end. It carries through on things that you know you like you could see coming. Like the the thing that made me cry the hardest is like the most obvious thing that the final movie in this trilogy would do. But another thing was something that quietly has been there the whole time that you never think of. Oh right, that that should happen. That should be how this story wraps up. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, I um like I yeah, one of the best tr- trilogies in the MCU. I, I know for me personally, I'm not as high on the second Guardians one. I like the first one better. Um, but yeah, I man, I oh, this is so good. Go watch it if you have not yet. Yes. Go watch it. Um, because it was it was a blast. Um, I, I think top level like plot beat stuff there's there's really kind of only two plot lines go going on Mm -hmm. in 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 this it's rocket's story and his back story and then there is the story of peter uh kind of coming to terms with the loss of gamora uh and what that means for him going forward what that means for the team and so on and so forth um there and i i will say we do get a a bit of a look into the f- the future of what is happening in mm-hmm. in the cosmic side of of marvel um at, at least in in terms of the guardians themselves um because even though this trilogy is done james gunn is kind of done with the guardians i don't know if that necessarily means that uh like the guardians of the galaxy are done. No, uh, I, that's all I will say on that. Yeah. You can very easily imagine seeing most of these characters again in a secret wars. Like, I feel like a lot yes, of characters yeah. are being shelved until secret wars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when they all c- c- come back and they do the on your left again, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> still on your left. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I I had a blast at this. There are two post credit scenes if you are mm. interested in in that. Um, 
I, I didn't feel like they were like mind blowing, like, oh, my God, this means this thing and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but they they are good. They're fun to, yeah. to see. Nonetheless, some good e- e- Easter eggs uh, in those ones. Do you have any other kind of stuff that you want to add to like plot that, that might be a little bit relevant for spoiler free stuff going in? We do go meet the high evolutionary who everybody has seen in trailers, who is this genetic scientist with this real God complex who, mm-hmm. who made rocket made other modified animals like rocket. And uh, after Rocket gets hurt, they have to go confront him and his whole organization to get something to help heal Rocket. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I don't know if I really have much else to right. say. That's right. It's free. tricky. It's, it's so tricky good. to know yeah. what to say. Yeah. Like <laughs> I walked into this knowing I knew a single song that was going to be on the soundtrack. I had heard one out of the like 17 songs that's in this mm. movie. And there was the one thing I knew I had one fact. <laughs> so I walked in knowing very little. Yeah. I like I I think that's the thing with this is that James Gunn did such a a, a like a, a tight knit job with all of yes. these movies that it doesn't really feel like this movie has a lot to do in terms of plot. It's not wrapping mm. up 50 different things yeah there's there's only a couple things and it fits so well together um that that I, yeah i think by the the end of of this it is a fitting send-off to the guardians and like i said i teared up by the end there, there was not like a specific thing that made me mm. cry but it was just like all of the things happening yeah. just like slowly like bringing me to all of these emotions and just like oh i love it mm. it was good i had a blast so there you go there you go um well i say we take a quick break for housekeeping uh and then when we come back we will dive into spoilers so we will be right back Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes, and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout-out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, Thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to thewhatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. All right, we are back. Uh, some more real quick housekeeping. First of all, thank you to our Patreon supporters. We thank love you. you. It means a ton. Uh, over on our Patreon exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club, uh, we are covering Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Uh, we, we watched the pilot of that and had a blast. Um, 
lots of Marvel stuff coming from us here at the Whatnots uh, recently, because over on the review show, uh, we are about to yes. talk about the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon that is available on Disney Plus, all 26 episodes of that. Um, so, yeah, be between that and Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and Guardians 3, we got lots of Marvel stuff to talk about. Um, but right here on the Reactor Core, uh, we are continuing our coverage of Yellow Jackets Season 2. Um, Melissa, I think tomorrow we are recording our mm. podcast on episodes five and six. Uh, so look out for all of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, um, covering the good place over on the review show over on the captain's log. We got to, uh, I mean, I had a whole Duolingo debacle, yeah. uh, thing happening over there. We got to react to the Dune 2 trailer. Got to talk a little bit about this Mountain Dew summer freeze, all sorts of good stuff. Um, <laughs> you have more. <laughs> I, I, I bought more a whole twelve pack. Wow! I have a whole twelve pack, which I have been slowly working my way through. They nailed it, the bomb pop flavor. So mm. go get you some. Um, but yeah, that's about it for housekeeping because I want to get into more Guardians stuff. Uh, so with that, let's get into spoilers. Bam. Okay. <sighs> Melissa, how, so how, how do we want to do this? So we, we used to do these longer yes. meteor spoiler casts where we, we would kind of do some of the broader brush strokes of what the plot was and use that as a launching pad. But then I think we've gotten into the idea of like, what if we keep them a little bit shorter and just kind of mm. dive into it, talk about what we need to yeah. slash want to. But I know this is also Guardians 3. I feel like this sits like somewhere <laughs> in between. Like we, we don't know what this is. We um, want to talk about this in... I don't know if I want to go through it chronologically. Sure. Uh, not that I don't like. The opening is powerful. The opening is effective. But... I kind of want to go from the back first almost because the most astounding thing about this movie to me is that nobody dies. Everybody yeah. was going into this movie expecting at least somebody to die. There were so many theories about like, well, Craglin's gone because if James Gunn isn't going to be here anymore, I imagine Sean Gunn isn't going to be here anymore. Right. Yeah. These are the actors who don't want to keep being covered in, in paint and extensive makeup effects again in their career. Did, like there oh were all God. these theories about who's going to die. And the Did fact that see? everybody comes out of this alive is a miracle. There was a picture going around of uh, what's her name? Karen Gillen, who, who plays uh, mm. Nebula, who was like, so I was on set and forgot that I had scheduled couples counseling uh, on the same day and so it's 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 a, it's like a zoom call p p p p p p p picture of her in like her in, in her oh nebula God. makeup on her like couple's counseling thing and she's like i forgot <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um yeah, you just reminded me with all the makeup <laughs> stuff of that. But but yeah, you're you're right. Like, I, I think I went into this expecting this not only to be a wrap up of the franchise, mm -hmm. but just kind of like it, it's kind of a dice roll for who dies. Yes. Um, yes. 
and they all lived. Incredible. Yeah. And like for like the last year and a half or something, ever since that little quote came out where James Gunn said, this is the last time you will ever see this incarnation of the Guardians. We've all thought somebody will die. No, like it's just people choosing to go their own way or retire or Nebula's like, I'm going to be mayor of nowhere. <laughs> I'm in charge of this place now. I want a home. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's a, a great way to move on from yes. characters as well as give these characters uh, more growth. Because uh, yes. I, I, I think once the scene at the end that stood out to me was um, was 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 when they're, like they're basically like, yeah, like I've I've explored stuff because this guy told me to i've explored stuff yeah. because you guys have t- t- told me to and M- 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 mantis is the, is the one's hey in that and and, yeah. and 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 she's just like i i kind of just want to go explore things because i want to uh um, yes and uh, yeah I, I i i think that was great for 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 her and they they each have their reasons for either staying with the t- team leading the next incarnation of the team being around the team but not necessarily yeah. in it or yeah all all sorts of stuff which i thought was fantastic that that was yeah, like i think it, it was by that p- 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 part that i was like starting to tear up i, I was like i don't this believe so you with your... all of them i love this I, I, you come to dad. this <laughs> right you come to this slightly misty-eyed where i was like full physically sobbing <laughs> yeah no like i i i think for me so on the captain's log one of our other podcasts you yes. asked me what i was doing to prepare for guardians <laughs> yeah. to which my my answer was basically nothing like i uh-huh. i I just didn't think of it like i didn't realize it was coming so soon and here it is um but i know you also like rewatched the uh, uh, other movies they were mm-hmm. in uh st- stuff like that and i i mentioned to my partner after we watched it i was like yeah i think if i had rewatched those m- m- movies and was more immediately in that story I feel like mm. I would have cried so much more than I did. did. Um, but yeah, uh, it was just like I, I was so happy for everyone, but sad for everyone. Yeah. And it was just so good. I loved it. Yeah, the, the whole thing is so sincere. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of thought put into where every character ends up, why all of them are going the way that they're going. It feels like there's a real sense of continuity to it, even though it's stuff you you've never thought about. How Mantis grew up as essentially a a pet of ego, and then she was immediately adopted into the Guardians, who love love her very much, but she never mm-hmm. has been independent, and she wants to experience that. Like she really wants to figure herself out outside of the context of people who are immediately like, uh like feeding into her emotional reactions to things. You know, as as an empath, she. I, uh, it makes absolute sense that she's like, I need to go off by myself for a little while. Yeah. And the fact that Peter's like, she encourages Peter, don't you have family left on earth? Is there nobody left there back, back there for you? And you realize the grandpa who we saw in the first movie and we see in the second movie, like Real you briefly, never think yeah. about how 
with that appearance in the second movie when Ego's like weird plants are tearing up that Dairy Queen back in Missouri, you think, oh, is there going to be a third beat to this guy? Are we going to see the grandpa in the third one? Is Peter going to go back to the grandpa? Again, Peter's not even sure if he's still alive. And we, the audience, have not really thought about it that much either. I yeah. liked what a surprise that was. And that at the end of the day, Peter's like, I have been running from this trauma that happened to me when I was a kid, when my mother died right in front of me and I, I wouldn't hold her hand and my grandpa pushed me out of the room and then I was immediately abducted by aliens. A traumatic <laughs> like, event I need to, to be sure, right? <laughs> right. But He's like, he... I need to go back. I need to confront that. You're right. I, I need that closure. I need this part of my story yeah. cleared before I really think about other things. I think what's interesting about that too is he also misremembers what happens yeah. with that yes. like he 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 has this idea uh, uh, of it in his mind that his grandfather was like pushing him out and yelling yeah. at him and being mean mm. um whereas we we know that that was not actually the case he like he was more concerned like wait come back yes. um yes like he he did want to like oh, like yeah you know give his his mom some some space but um yeah, yeah to, to just like have the kid go out like running and crying and then immediately be abducted by aliens yes. right it's just this whole thing is traumatic um mm -hmm. i'm, I'm kind of surprised that he did not like i i think it would have been a funny scene at the end uh there when he returns home to to go see his his granddad and also has mantis there and is like this is my sister <laughs> right right um, uh yeah just like how strange that could have been in that whole whole uh stuff but i yeah i'm i'm glad that mantis went out on her yeah own. they do mention that she is his sister like two two or three times in this movie mm. and if you haven't seen the holiday special you might yeah. be a little confused i'm just like wait wh what you can still do the math without yeah. having yeah. seen it but it's not like laid out explicitly um un unless you've you've seen the holiday special um but yeah i i i think peter going back to earth to then to have that reunion is is really interesting yeah um and then the the like end credits uh saying that we get with that where they're just having like a normal like boring ass <laughs> conversation <laughs> while eating cereal right. and reading the right. morning he's, he's paper eating, it's great he's eating peanut butter flavored magic spoon like what a specific modern cereal for him to be eating right not not like let me go back to the like cereal of the 80s yeah, that i remember the, the cheerios like, i remember no what yeah. what new cereals do you guys it, have? oh they're magic, magic <laughs> like i can see him being like are are they really magic what <laughs> <laughs> Now, I met a wizard guy once. He right. turned his head around a bunch of times and told us we had a 1 in 14 million chance to save the universe. Can the cereal do that? I, I mean, that's why he would believe it. He's like, I know there are wizards on Earth. <laughs> Dr. Strange approved. Four yeah. out of five Dr. Strange's approved magic spoon as part of a healthy breakfast. Exactly. Another thing that really affected me about that storyline is one of the things that has made Guardians my favorite for nine years now 
Missouri, Missouri, baby. It's as somebody who's like lived in St. Louis my entire life. I have no plans on leaving. I'm not going to the other edge of the galaxy. Like to see that come full circle where that is a good, happy ending for somebody that they just go to St. Charles, Missouri. Yep. Like, I don't, it, it really, really touched me. Like, that is, especially to see it, like, his grandpa sitting there reading the St. Charles Post or whatever, which I don't know if that's a real newspaper, but St. Charles is a real town outside of St. Louis. That's where Jack and I both went to college. I drive oh, through that town all the time. Yes. And just to know that he was there, like, in a place so close and so real and so important to my life experience, like, really got to me and we spent the day so like jack and i went and got lunch we we i made a playlist we drove around we talked about what we wanted from the movie we went to see the movie we went out to dinner afterwards we were driving around through like Mm -hmm. uh, the little suburban town where we know james gunn grew up we've read in like interviews and stuff yeah so and we're looking at all these beautiful houses and the beautiful green trees and i to see the movie celebrate the thing I was just doing three hours earlier, just awesome. enjoying living in Missouri. I I can't tell you what that did for me. No other film series, no other film has brought this to me the way Guardians has brought this to me. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the Post is their paper. I think it's the Herald or mm. something like that. But I, I I did like the Easter egg on the paper, too. That was like alien abduction. Kevin Bacon yes. tells all. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great. Mm. <laughs> so um, good stuff with that. It did at the end say Star-Lord will return. The legendary Star-Lord will return. Again, kind of we know probably going to be in like Secret Wars or some Avengers movie. Yeah. Maybe he'll join up with the Avengers and uh, be on their team for, for, for a bit. Who knows? Mm. Um, but yeah, good stuff with that. I think just to kind of round off this conversation about like where everyone ends up. Um, yeah, I think Drax coming full circle to be a father is yes. A, a, yes. not like le- literally a father, but finding out that he's actually great with kids and yes. kids love him. And like, he's basically going to run the daycare on nowhere. Like he is right. now the like de facto dad of yes. nowhere. That's again, something that has been quietly like a major through line of his character. They don't mention mm-hmm. like it's a bigger part in the first movie because that's why he wants revenge on Ronan because he, he killed his wife and daughter. But the daughter comes up again in the second movie. Like it's mm-hmm. it's something that's always been there, but it hasn't been the focus really. So when you see him interact with all those kids, you're like, oh, right. This is exactly what this guy used to do. He's great at this. He just has had no opportunities since then to show us that he's great at this. And it's so smart that out of all of the characters around him, that it's Nebula, the one who grew up with Thanos that looks at him and says like, like she knows what a bad dad is that she's the one who looks at him and says, you were born to be a dad. I know that I have had the experience to know what a good dad is and you are that yeah that's that's so sweet that's so effective and this is what i was talking about that like it's been set up for so long like 
dancing is such a like mm-hmm. a literal and metaphorical theme in the Guardians and Drax never dances. That's what attracted him to his wife, that the most rhythmic music in the universe could be playing and she would not move a muscle. It is almost <laughs> as if she was dead. Like that's what attracted <laughs> him to her. You could see this coming. Like yeah. I knew the movie was going to end with dancing and I knew they were going to get Drax to dance, of course. But still, just that catharsis of when it actually hits when he does start dancing so predictable but like that is what made me like physically break down into sobs literal sobs yeah yeah so good um Mm -hmm. yeah i i I liked that uh i was it like with him i they almost do a fake out where you think that's like, oh, he's going to have some romantic interest in Mantis and maybe they'll go off to get together or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it seems like where they flirted with that a little bit in the second movie, they kind of cooled on it in this one. There's still some like them not not flirting uh, is not no, necessarily the right. Those two have word. always had a bond. And I think the second yeah. movie is about how. It isn't that like they lay out the reasons why it would not be that they've got some other kind of bond that has always been really strong through like the 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 times they've had together through Guardians 2 and the holiday special. And they're together in an infinity war the whole time. The the one little disappointing thing is that she doesn't get she leaves before he starts dancing. But maybe in her heart, she can feel 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 the dance energy. Yeah, right. And she walks away with her her abelisk squad. (laughs) So funny. I love to see Mantis Queen of the Beasts. That's very great. Um, But but yeah, like that, I think in my head would have been a believable thing if you had told me that a number of years ago to be like, oh, yeah, no, end up together. I'd been like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think uh, Nebula kind of wanting to settle down and kind of stay away from adventure and just like i yeah. I, I i just want to be here and nowhere and take care of mm. nowhere all of the refugees that we've brought on all of the animals all of the kids all of the people like just uh, so, someone needs to be here for them and i i think she started to re- recognize that she can do that as part of a healing process um I, I I think this also speaks directly to her time with Thanos, um, who n- not only mistreated her and abused her, but mm. then also at the end of the day, like wiped out half of. Yes. Uh, of all life. And so for her to then nurture that in, in yes. a way here uh. and make sure that it springs back up is I, yeah. I, I, I think, again, just her story coming full circle. Um, yes which i loved rocket uh with his story we'll we'll get into more of his backstory story in a bit here but i think at the end of the day when they're just like you're the leader of the guardians now and they each do hit their like Uh, like sign to be like yes you're 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 the one i ravager salute for rocket that that was in a hugely emotional uh, beat for, for me. Um, and yeah, I think that it works out perfectly. 
that he because that kind of the things that we get to find out from his backstory is that is that 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 is what he wants to do. He wants to be on a spaceship, go adventure and just ride around with his friends. And he's kind of already gotten to do that, but he's now picked up new friends along the way. And so he gets to continue doing that with like the next generation. Yeah. Um, which I just think is so special. Um, yeah. For, for, for him there. I love that. Um, I, I do love that. That's how it ends. That Peter's like, I got to go back home. There's, there's stuff I emotionally need to do there. I need to reconnect with the last bits of my my earth terran family back there rocket this is yours this has kind of always been yours (laughs) it never been agrees yes it's it's interesting to see because also in the the scene where rocket is dying and there is that like the afterlife step into the light kind of scene there is a, a strange line in there that i don't know what it means exactly but it's that idea of like there are the hands that have been control controlling you and then there are the hands that have been controlling the hands and we don't yes. know what that means we don't know if that's gonna be a big easter egg down the road if there's like yeah, some if if kang has been the one influencing everything or if it's the like living tribunal if it's the beyonder if it's something else who knows um mm. but i i think this is rocket's way of trying to be those hands whether he knows it or not like he gets to be the one that influences the next generation uh who he knows will then like go on to be so he is the hands behind the hit right um yeah that is such a lovely line about the hands that guide the hands because it can speak to actual comic book like big cosmic beings like like a celestial Mm -hmm. or a one above all or something like that but it can just speak to the generic concept of fate of destiny of purpose of you went through bad things to get something good out of it at the end and you need to live to go experience that good thing yep and indeed um yeah i i liked his studio story um yeah that that was fantastic and then uh i think last but not least groot who spoke yeah at the end he spoke i said i love you guys (laughs) i love you guys which is i i love it because it's so true to the character and also feels like a line that i'm going to hear in two weeks in fast x like (laughs) right (laughs) i love you guys holds up like corona right (laughs) right i what what a, a great month a great month a great two-week period a great month for loving guys <laughs> right for going to see emotional vin diesel movies yeah wild coincidence truly the hands that guide the hands are, are directing yeah. the film calendar this summer uh i it didn't click with me in the theater but i have seen videos since then that are saying that's it's like you he is not speaking English. He is still saying I am Groot or whatever. But now you have spent enough time with him that you understand him the same way all the other characters understand him. Yeah, that's a nice touch. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna go see this again next weekend in St. Charles, the theater in St. Charles, Peter's hometown. 
And cool. I look forward to seeing that moment play out again. That's awesome. Now that I know that's that's the take on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shout out to new rock stars in their video because yes, I know that they they mentioned that one. And I think that's a great way to read that. Yeah. That scene is that. Yeah. He's not actually speaking our language, but you now can understand him. You've had this emotional connection with him for so long that you finally understand him um yeah which is it yeah i i I think that is is great um uh and we haven't talked about gamora yet i yeah absolutely it's it is so sad what her and peter went through and this movie is a really interesting evolution or maybe de-evolution of what they were because of course she dies now we have a version of her from several years in the past. They can't get back to where they left off in Infinity War, where they truly said, I love you to each other, where they really were an actual romantic couple and not just fun flirt action pals. And it's it, the conflict that Peter is trying to push her into. You did this once. You are capable of this. It can happen again. And she's like, I don't. Sure. But like, that's not me. I'm not there. I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. And the realization that Mantis helps him have. Mantis is so, of course, she's an empath. She's so intuitive. But I like that she's extra intuitive when it comes to her brother. That she's like, you lost your mom at an early age. I think you've kind of used women to fill an emotional hole in your life. And having this woman that you loved also die has opened up an even bigger hole. And I don't think getting back with this other timeline version of her is going to work yes but i like that as the movie goes on there's there's something of what used to be there like this is gamora from approximately the timeline of the yeah right yeah from the first movie they are they do get back to where they kind of were in the first movie and i like when she says i bet we were fun Like i like that it ends on this sort of hopeful note of this Who's who's to say this will never happen again? Maybe when the characters grow, uh, deal with some past trauma, have different experiences, maybe when they come back together, this can happen again. Yeah. And I like that when she goes, you almost think at the end of the movie that she is going to choose to continue with the Guardians to just sort of start rebuilding the team that we once had, that she is going to stay there on nowhere with them. And instead she goes back to the Ravagers it's I think it's so smart to show that when she goes back to the Ravagers, they love her. She yep. loves them. That is not just, oh, this is a way for me to like kick ass and make money and, you know, use all of my warrior skills I got from it's Thanos. It's a family and, for her. Yeah. Yes. That's also a family as much as the Guardians are like they they're all hugging her. It's like so vi- clear to everybody that that is something to, like to her now that's as important as the guardians ever were to our original gamora i think that's something that has been repeated throughout this franchise that the guardians are our main family that we're following but this is a world full of other family back in the first movie you think about when they go into that prison they go into the kiln all those prisoners just like snuggle up together at night like they there are bonds (laughs) there You think about the Ravagers. They also just snuggle up in a big pile at night. Like they go to all these (laughs) other situations full of all these like 
ragtag, like, you know, misfit groups. And there is love there also, separate of the main love we have going on within the Guardians. I I think that's really special that James Gunn has painted a picture of this world that doesn't just have this one group that is this outstanding example of love, but it love is quietly like really pervasive throughout the rest of the universe. Yeah. Um, I have a question that deals uh-huh. kind of with Gamora's stuff. How, how much do we know about James Gunn's influence or lack thereof of Gamora dying in Endgame and Infinity War? Because I, I, fe- I feel like there, there is when, when uh, Star-Lord is kind of recapping all of that stuff when, mm-hmm. they're, when they're in that elevator right like i i feel like that's kind of james gunn commenting on like well i wouldn't have done that but i i don't know how true that is i i also saw that inferred but i don't know what the actual story is okay uh of like how much influence he had on what happened in infinity war or if like the screenwriters, I think it was Marcus and McFeely who did that, and you know, and the Russo mm-hmm. brothers and Kevin and you, know, the, the main creative team on Infinity War and Endgame, how much they did reach out to the other directors. If they talked to James Gunn or to Taika or whoever about yeah. like, we're, we're going in this direction. How does that fit with your future plans for this character? Like, can we compromise on what all of our needs are? I have no idea right. how much is true, okay. but it. Okay, I will cool. say it has always impressed me that when we do see the guardians in infinity war i think the peter and gamora relationship is something that is handled very well in that movie it always i always appreciated that that was one of the major emotional linchpins was the romance between those two characters and just the line where she says where she asks him like if thanos gets me you have to kill me i need you to swear i need you to swear on your mother like that's a line that really showed me these screenwriters did their homework on the guardians. Like that is one of the most important emotional cruxes of this story. And it always made me happy that they got that right. Okay. So I, I asked that because I feel like I saw an ending in this movie that didn't happen. There was Mm. something that I felt would have been, well, and, and you know, in hindsight, it is also a very obvious ending that I could see them trying to avoid just because I it feels like low hanging fruit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned a lot of these characters coming full circle, right? There is a moment at the end of the film where Star Lord has to jump out of uh, the high yes. evolutionary spaceship, and he like does some trick to propel him towards the ship he needs to go, yeah. but he gets blocked by all this debris. And he needs to be saved, just like Gamora needed to be yes. saved in the yes. first movie. And so I was kind of expecting this to be the moment that Gamora mm. turned around and was like, I've now been with you for a little bit. I've seen what we had. Like, I think there's something here. Maybe not yet, but right. Mm. Like, you're worth saving and this is worth investigating. Um, and so that is kind of what I was expecting. I was like, that's actually mm, kind of a I nice that, yeah. touch for it to come full circle for her to save him instead. But that's not what we got. Um, mm. 
we I think and, it was a and, nice use of Adam Warlock in that scene, though. You kind of forget. Yes. Right. He's around here. He's a super magical <laughs> yeah, gold so, being and he can do that. So, yeah, I think that leads us to Adam Warlock in this. Who I have to say. I kind of don't think the film really needed like I, he was the one thing t- to me that felt extra that like if they were mm. to trim this d- 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 down even further, I could see them cutting him out of this. I think the majority of the film still works without him, mm. um, but I think he was a fun incl- inclusion. I think he's not out of place by it. Yeah. by any means I think he fits within the th- themes of the story that he is this creation right we now know that the high evolutionary create i forget the name of the golden people uh oh the sovereign the sovereign sovereign. um but yeah that they were an experiment and more so in an aesthetic experiment he was just like i think gold looks neat (laughs) right let let, let me hit the gold (laughs) button more gold spray paint please um and and yeah, that they they are a result of that, and that Adam Warlock is also kind of a a result of uh, what we then learn is the high evolutionary trying to also kind of come up with species or or, or something that looks to invention, looks to uh, create like right, look, looks to think these unthunk thoughts is, is <laughs> something yeah. along the lines of what he says at one point. Um, and Adam Warlock doesn't really live up to all of that stuff. He's kind of a himbo, right? He's he's this mama's boy. <laughs> he just likes this nice, like, furry space alien cat thing. I think that's thing, so right? funny. The, he's just the a sweet boy. or whatever his name is. Yeah. yeah. He, he's just a sweet little boy. Sweet little golden boy. Um. I, I think he's well utilized in... I love when he appears when he first shows up in this movie and he's flying towards you. He's so far away. You don't even recognize him. Like you don't know what is coming towards you. You think it's like a spaceship at first. I like An that asteroid, yeah. couple sec. Yeah. That couple seconds of ambiguity we get there and he just tears up nowhere. That is an action scene like emotionally unlike stuff we've had in this series before where he is hitting them right there at home when they've just gotten this home. They haven't had like a physical space outside of the ship to call home before a place that they are building together. Like he hits them right at home. He tears through all of them. Nobody can get to him because he's designed for this. He is built for this. Mm -hmm. It's really harsh that it's, that scene like it's interesting to me because like he yeah like he is like he none of the guardians can really do much damage yeah, to him yeah but like you like you kind of mentioned the threat of the scene is not to really any one person i mean it, it, it he's mm. there to get rocket right but he's yes. not it's not like the opening of infinity war where Thanos is walking through the ship, just killing people left and yeah. right. Right? It's yeah. not that kind of threat. The threat is to nowhere. It seems mm. it's like this is a home we built. Like this is supposed to be yes. a safe space. Where How dare you, do? you? Like the yeah. It, it, it 
like that seems to be the stuff. And then when Rocket does get hurt, it, it does have this extra level of just like, oh, shit, like we need to do something like forget this fight. Like, let's just go yes, do, so- yes. do something. Else. We, we need to save him. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. But his character also kind of comes full circle yeah. as he's the one that then saves uh, Star Lord at the end there. And they they do the like finger touch creation of Adam. Yeah, yeah. But um, yes. his name is Adam, right? And he, like, <laughs> I, I think that is the moment that he finally gets that, like, hey, I don't have to be this killing machine. I can have a yeah. heart. I, I can care about things, which yes. I think he always did. But he, 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 like, at least that's how I read him. It's like he always, like, from him ha- ha- having, you said its name, the blep or whatever it, it I, was. I, I think it's blurp blurp i don't know um, but like him attaching himself to that and like, yeah. like finding a connect like i think this soft gooey emotional center it has yes. always been been there right um i i guess you could say he wears his heart on his sleeve and he has a heart of gold you know what i mean what Ever- <laughs> um, everybody does that's something that really well, sure like clicks into me in this movie, especially that the guardians more than any other group of characters, like in the MCU are so vocal about, we love each other. Like they don't put a lot of metaphor on it. I think that's really striking. Like they, that's because always wouldn't understand it. So of course. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I had a poop the other day shaped like a fish. Even my butt can do a metaphor. They're constant throughout this movie. Like, I think Nebula's like, why do you keep Drax around? He's just a liability. And Mantis says he makes us laugh and he loves us. Like, of <laughs> course, he's not a liability. He's part of the family. Like throughout this, more and more as the series goes on, like they, they say, I, I love you. They like they hug each other. They're together. They like so clearly are a family. They so clearly call each other like best friends. Like there's, it's so clear in a way that it isn't for other bonds. I think about how like <laughs> Steve and Bucky never say, I love you. You know, the way like the guardians do to each other, they've got their metaphors, their winks. There's how can I, you're taking all the stupid with you. And the guardians have like moved past that. They're like, I love you guys. I don't need to dress it up. I can just say that I'm not embarrassed. I'm not scared to be that vulnerable. Yeah. Um. Well, so, so, so what I was tr- trying to get get at with uh adam warlock it is 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 that i I think that stuff has always been like i think the sovereign is a a people a species that like that stuff has been not bred out of them but like they've been Mm. told not to have that or made not to have that and i think he does he has that in him we we do know that he was taken out of his cocoon a little prematurely maybe that's why yes um but it was always there under the surface and he sees this team that yeah like you said just without a a filter loves one another and he's like what why can't i be like that Um, yeah and i i i I think that is his his moment when he sees 
Peter out there. He's like, I can do something about these, like about, yes. about, about this. I can save him. I can heal him. I can do all of that stuff. And so, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a great moment for for him that it worked out. He, even if if in the wild case that James Gunn was like, I was never g- g- going to kill G- Gamora. How dare you? Um, mm. and, and, and but I think he found a way to make it work. Uh, that yeah, I think is effective. That is just as effective, if not more so, because then he gets to expand the team, right? Uh, yeah, I there's so much thematic density in this movie. Like, there's so many echoes and parallels. Like, everything seems just really well thought out. In that, Adam is a character who is defying what he was built for, the same way almost all the all the other characters are. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, Peter is a hero. He doesn't want to be like his dad and just like eat up a bunch of planets like Gamora Nebula defied Thanos. Drax isn't a destroyer. He's a dad. Mantis left ego. Rocket is this hero now. Everything except for Groot. Groot, who's still largely a mystery. Like we've got this series of characters who are like, you built me to destroy? No, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. And I like that Adam is just another one in the line of of doing that or even down to like Cosmo who's like they sent me up here knowing I would die look I'm still alive I mm-hmm. persist I live I have friends I help people yeah yeah um yeah uh, lots of good stuff with that I say we get back to Rocket since he is yes. kind of the, the 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 main plot of this uh this stuff his backstory with the high evolutionary um so, yeah, we get to know Rocket's backstory, something that he has not talked about, period. Um, there, there's been allusions to it. Mm. We know that he was experimented on. He was ripped apart, put back together, ripped apart, put back together. But that's kind of it. That's all we've known. Um, and at the 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 start of of this, yeah, we get the scene of all these little baby raccoons in this cage oh. and the high evolutionary reaching in to grab one of them. And we know that that's how it starts. Um, and then, yeah, we get this scene on nowhere where uh, Adam Warlock is sent uh, to go pick up Rocket and bring him back to the high evolutionary that goes spectacularly wrong, but as a result, Rocket is hurt um, and hurt in a way that the Guardians can't do anything. Um, yes, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. And so they, they have to devise a plan to be like, OK, we we need to figure out basically who and what and why Rocket is here. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, and th- that leads them to a company which it's like ortho corp or um, orgo corp orgo corp um and man that that planet was was disgusting and wild and i loved it, it and it was great I, I, <laughs> truly unique did we had ego the living planet but not like this to have this entirely yes. biological like flesh planet Fleshy, real striking see yeah yeah i I like that whole set piece of Orgo Corp. I like oh, the yeah. practicality of it. I love the colors. Like there's something about this movie is so much visually darker than the other ones have been. Like you think this is one of the reasons why number two is 
my favorite. It's so vivid. It's so colorful and saturated. And this one has got, they're spending more time in like ships in structures and less time just like on the surface of a planet than they were in the first two movies. And I think that lends the movie to darker color palettes, more shadows, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or even when they get, to I like love the, I love the way Orgo Corp Earth. looks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even, even when you yeah. get to counter earth, it is like a, a bland version of earth. Yeah. Like it's not muted, but it just, it, it it's really, overcast. Yeah. Um, which is an, an interesting thing, but yeah, the, Orgo Corpse set really reminded me of something from like the fifth element. Yeah. Especially in the bits where it is that like sleek, plasticky, white sci fi stuff. Because there is in that, there is also the like real dirty, grimy, lived in sci fi stuff. Uh, but man, yeah, that that whole set was just it, it, it's just so imaginative and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just neat to see on screen. It's like this is a blockbuster movie. Like this is one yeah. of the most like mainstream popular yeah. <laughs> movies. And it's this. <laughs> this is right. Awesome. Where it's a flesh planet. And then you go inside and it's like a 1970s color scheme office. <laughs> white and orange and yellow yeah yeah <laughs> Take that, yeah tva right um, <laughs> yeah man um so so yeah the guardians are looking for more information on rocket uh they know that he has this uh like device on his heart which stops them from mm-hmm. from operating or doing really anything to save him um and they have to find a specific piece of code to unlock it um, mm-hmm. And that leads them to the high evolutionary. The whole time uh, Rocket in present day is basically just knocked out on this table. Yeah. He's in this like, uh, yeah, like uh, he's not in a coma, I would say, but he's he's in rough shape here. Yes. Um, and he keeps getting these flashbacks to his origin story of what was happening to him uh, when he was in the high evolutionaries custody. I don't really want to say care, um, but yeah, experimented on put in cages. Uh, We get to see Lila, uh, who I think has been mentioned in previous movies, Um, but we, we, we haven't gotten to see, see her. And yeah, they are these like Sid from toy story creations of live animals and mechanical parts. I didn't even know it at first, but it was the new rock stars of video that tipped me off that, uh, the walrus can't even blink on his own. Like he has mechanical parts that like help him blink. What's holy. What is this for? Yeah. Herbert. Why? God. Um, (laughs) yeah like just these horrific creations but you can just tell that they are just the most cutest lovable like souls on on the inside here and you immediately just fall in love with them which just makes it even more emotional because people don't like violence or cruelty against animals which i i 
don't want to say there's none of in this. There obviously mm. is with the, all of these experiments and you kind of see the mm. aftermath, but you don't see the physical act of it on any yes. of these animals, um, which I, I think was a good thing. But I, 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 mm. I think it's still very effective in yeah. not only making you care about them, but when they do die. Uh, right. You're just like, oh, my heart. <laughs> like, oh, no. Right. I this. The movie, okay, the main timeline we're in, less, I mean, emotionally effective, but in like a sweet, heartwarming, cathartic way. Not as sad as I was expecting. All the sadness packed into these flashbacks. The fact that the first word Rocket ever says is hurts. What a choice. Ow. Ow, indeed. It hurts my heart. (laughs) Um, I... Do you remember the episode of Pokemon where Meowth flashes back and tells you why he can talk? Vaguely. I know I, I've it's, seen it, but it's been decades. <laughs> it's it's one of my favorites. I have watched it several times. Uh, big Team Rocket fan over also, here. Also, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say, did that voice actor, did he retire or did he pa- pa- pass away? I heard something uh, re- uh, recently. I don't remember if it was just he's retiring the, because of throat cancer or oh she she died some she died a while ago like I don't know like ten plus Maybe years ago or something I haven't wasn't kept up me with, out then because this was something recent that they they oh just yeah stopped, I don't know I don't know um, or 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 passed away all right continue please. But, but you see that me like how and why Meowth like trained himself to talk. It isn't a case like this where like anybody experimented on him. He just saw humans talking and he's like, I want to do that. Why can I only say my own name as a Pokemon? Can I get past that? And he like trains himself to speak. And the he's got like an alphabet book with like a little picture of something for every letter of the alphabet. And the first word he can clearly pronounce on his own is Rocket. And that's why he joins Team Rocket. Mm-hmm. The, so this took me like right back there. And I think this is another reason why I love these movies so much. I feel like Team Rocket was a primer for, for me really enjoying Rocket Raccoon yeah. and the rest of the Guardians. Just needed to share that, that this thing yeah. like really hit a memory of mine from when I was like nine years old. Interesting. Yeah, we we do get to see R- Rocket as he kind of quickly grows up. There is a scene when he's sitting in the high evolutionary's lap. They're reading a book, but then they get to look out like on counter Earth and see the sky and the city skyline. Yes. And he's just like, wow, like this is beautiful. Um, yeah. And he, he sees a rocket in the sky. Yes. And he's just like, what's that? Um, and that is the thing that like captures his 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 attention he's inspired by he's like i want to be that i want to do that i want to go on that yes um and and that is where he he takes his his name he was like you know when we get out of here and we go to to counter earth like we're not just going to be like p eight five three eight one seven five three eight nine or whatever it is yeah um and he like he was like, we need to come up with names. And that's when you get Lila and Teefs. And I don't remember. Oh, floor. floor. Uh, the little rabbit laying is laying on the floor. On the floor and it's like, I'll call myself floor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Rocket says, I, I want to be called Rocket. Um, 
and and yeah just another emotional moment of 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 just like oh that's how like he's he like he's inspired he's looking to greener pastures he's he he's dreaming and i don't think the high evolutionary realized it yet is the Mm -hmm. thing and very soon finds out when he introduces rocket to like what his experiments are and what he's hoping to do. Like he's hoping to populate counter earth with all of these creatures so that he can basically play God and all mm. of that stuff, make this perfect society. Um, and he's trying to rapidly evolve a number of different creatures to populate that, that planet. Yeah. But something is going wrong and all of these creatures that he's uh, evolving turn violent. And Mm. basically, immediately, Rocket is like, oh, well, you got the flux capacitor all wrong. (laughs) Filter here, there, you know, he like he just kind of instinctively knows this stuff. Yeah. And everyone is kind of shocked and taken back of just like, how did you know this? Like, this isn't something you're programmed to know. Like, we we haven't programmed you with, like, invention yet of, of yeah. like, thinking, like, like problem solving yet. You you are just kind of a data bank of info, right? You're not making yeah. co- connections, but you've made connections. Yes. Um, and I, I think that is where the crux of this story begins, is that now the high evolutionary once rocket's brain to study and to like what Mm. about him can i copy or manipulate to then put into uh, these uh, uh, other species to help them also invent to help them not be violent and problem solve and do all of the stuff um and as as we learned rocket is is, is escapes and that's why he wants him back because he's like i Mm -hmm. I still have never been able to crack this exactly like i've popped like they've become docile but that's just kind of it like yeah which is a really nice narrative mirror to like ego's relationship with peter like i tried this thousands of times i don't know why but you're the one time it really worked i need you yeah Again, yeah. this series is so good at echoing itself in a really smart way. And also I, going so back to one mm, real quick thing on that, like thematically repeating itself yeah. here. I uh, have been going through the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon mm-hmm. and um, I've been listening to a podcast called A More Civilized Age, which I highly recommend. Mm. Uh, it is a great com- companion podcast, super smart uh, criticism and stuff. And one of the things that they mention in that is George Lucas, when he was making some of these Star Wars movies, wanted things to what he called rhyme is that yes. he, he wanted this yes. like thematic e- e- echo, which is exactly what this is here. It is a rhyme scheme, so to speak, yes. in, in the movie, which I love. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But uh, going back to volume two, when Peter is fighting Ego and he has these flashbacks to all the things he's done mm-hmm. with his friends that make him want to like, to break out of the magic and like fight back 
you, it's it's like flashbacks of things we have seen, even if it's like sort of alternate footage, like him dancing with Gamora and like laughing with Drax and stuff. But then there's a shot of him just flying around with Rocket that we've never seen before. We have no context for. It's almost laughable that it's such a a thing we have like no. Uh, it's such a non sequitur. And then you watch this movie where Rocket's like, I want to go flying with my friends. And you've got Peter repeatedly Mm. referring to him as he's my best friend that contextualizes that one odd moment in a way you like never expected. Again, we don't know like when and why that was, but emotionally that one little bit makes so much more sense now. I'm happy that we got a call back to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, it, it, it eventually Rocket figures out they're never going to make it to counter Earth. Mm. Uh, he's he's told as 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 much. Um, and then, yeah, that's when he's like, we need to get out of here. You you do see him like stealing a battery at one point. Yeah. And they don't mention it. Classic you don't Rocket. Like, right. Yeah. You, you now know that like he's always also kind of had that instinct in him. He is kind of a klepto, right? He's, he's mm-hmm. just t- t- taking things constantly. But like, I think that I wonder if there's also like a deeper emotional meaning behind that. Like I, mm. I wonder if rocket saw this coming from a, like mm. very early on, mm. uh, like maybe never had it confirmed or, anything like that maybe thought that he could like once he got to counter earth that would be his mm-hmm. ch- his chance to escape all of this which is also maybe why he you know is interested in like that thing is flying like how can yeah. i use that to get out of here yeah. right um but I, I i i yeah i like seeing him once he realizes that he's not like he's basically about to be killed he's like all right let me make this key card he just starts he he has all these little things like tucked away and hidden and stored away which i guess is what raccoons do also too right sure sure little thieves Um, little robbers there you go um and yeah he makes this like makeshift like this universal skeleton key for all of the locks Mm on the high evolutionary ship for all all the locks of the cages of these animals um and that's when he tries to escape he screws up the high evolutionary's face which is a a big reveal down the down the road when the the skin they peel off his skin making it literally a face-off that right. Peter always thought it it was gonna. It's not a trap. It's a face off. <laughs> I I did not realize that while watching the movie because I just kept thinking about the movie Face Off. Right. Same I'm like, here. Same here. <laughs> I'm like, wait. I don't. I think that came out in like '97. I don't think like, Peter like, would have had a way to see Face to Off. Here, right. Like, <laughs> is, is is one of the high evolutionaries like helpers like secretly someone else that like mm. I, is is it Sylvester Stallone gonna have some face thing and be like, hey, it's me. What do you, what do you I, think? I've been, been John Travolta here, the know? entire time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I do want to say, just briefly going off of that face-off moment, I like that this movie showed off more than the other ones. James Gunn started out as a horror director. You yes. could see the bits of horror in here. I love whenever a movie is able to do that. We've been on a good streak of doing that lately. Like, Multiverse of Madness was so gnarly. 
You've even got in Wakanda mm-hmm. Forever those really eerie scenes where the Tolokan army goes and like siren sings those people to just walk off the boat yeah. in the dead of night. Freaky, We've got a nice quiet little streak of like horror threads in the MCU right now. I like it. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, and yeah, and in in the in all of that that stuff, all of Rocket's friends get shot and killed. Um, and it's just it's heart breaking. And yeah, he he has to escape by himself without any of his mm-hmm. friends. We I, I I don't think maybe they explained it in the first movie and I don't remember, but we, we don't mm. get to see really anything past that. So we don't really see how yeah. he met up with Groot or anything Still a mystery. like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is basically Rocket's backstory. Um and so him kind of returning to the high evolutionary and being on the ship again, like he's he's not so triggered that he's like stuck and in this like emotional like feedback loop. But like it, it, it like he has, I think, enough separation and enough like support around him that he's able to go, 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 go back in this ship with mm. resolve um i yeah so there there is this uh bit where uh groot and star lord go on the ship to confront the high evolutionary to get rocket back and they get off the ship right as uh nebula and durax and mantis are coming on the ship to save them so it's this big switch uh and this is when nebula and jarax find all those kids at the bottom of the ship that they've been experimenting on all that good stuff um and when they start saving the kids as the high evolutionary ship is finally going down they they think they've saved everyone they're like all right that's it we've gotten every everyone out and this is when rocket has his (sighs) moment where he he's in the hallway looking at like this is the hallway that i had to run down and like he starts to have these yeah. these flashbacks of like this is where i ran i was in the hangar i did this i did that um and yeah he he still has his key uh he's kept it the entire time and mm-hmm. starts opening up all the cages starts helping all the little raccoons god just <gasps> so so emotional to see that he truly is a North American raccoon. Yeah, that, uh, that he's too. denied he, it because he he's the, never the been sure. And the name is right there. It has God, all the genus species, all, all yes. that good stuff. And he tr- tries to scoop all the baby raccoon kits up in his arms, and he like can't even hold them all, so they just scramble all over him, and he's just wearing all the raccoons. Yes, there's something so sweet in that image. Like I'm just going to carry. I'm going to wear all of you out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I like it, especially with all the animal stuff. I knew that my partner was going to mm. be a, a mess the entire t- time. But that that one is like the one that I could hear yeah. hear her. Like when he that's really like, something. And he, she j- j- drops that one. Ah! He has to like pick it up like i could hear her just just completely sobbing um and i was just like oh this is this is oh, oh. so yeah um but they they save all the animals too and there's a big stampede of all the animals mm. uh, 
to to like in in the midst of the, like this emotional yeah. stuff though there is that one scene where like the monkey jumps on the the woman who's like trying to save everyone <laughs> and just completely like destroys her face like w- what is happening maybe it's supposed to be maybe a that's what emotional he was, moment maybe that's what he was programmed to do i don't know but <laughs> just didn't like her face i, I don't know right we Last year we no, watched not, our, not, our not to look in in in, in their <laughs> right. eyes. Right, you looked at the monkey. Nope, taught us all not to do that. Also, last year we watched R R R, which also has a big "I let Great all movie. the animals loose" scene. Yeah. Again, I just think it's funny that in this period in cinema we can see these weird, inexplicable patterns repeating itself. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what uh, it means. It's just funny. But yeah, so they they save as much as the animals as they can. Rocket has a moment when he's fighting the high evolutionary at the end there when he the high evolutionary calls him by his number and then he finally gets to say his name. He's like, I'm Rocket Raccoon. Yes. Things are like, yeah, get him. (laughs) It was good. It was good. Um, Yeah, man. I just yeah, his. His whole story, all of the the the, the stuff of the Guardians m- moving on, I, I think this is just such an emotional gut punch. But it's also like I, I, I think despite all of the sadness and the trauma that's in this, I think there is kind of this undertone of joy in, in, yes. in here. I think with the dancing at the end, I think with them saving oh. all of the kids, I think with Drax basically becoming a, fa- a father once again with this mm. new incarnation of the guardians. I think with, with Kraglin finally learning how to use the like whistle oh, arrow Kraglin. thing, which is also such a great scene when he, when he, like, yes, he feels helpless. And then we see him like imagining Yondu right there. He's like, use your heart boy. Um, and, and oh, it's, just, oh, it's such a, it's such a good moment. Um, <laughs> And it, yeah, like it is this joy when he finally starts to just whistle that thing around. Like there, there is a sense of joy that is in. Like it's not. He's not like, oh, oh I, I did it. Yes, yeah. But like you, you. Like there is this like underswelling of emotion of just like yes, yes. he nailed it. Right, right. Um, you are, you know, all these characters so well. You are so attached to them. This movie is so many like. Yeah, get them type moments where you were rooting for like one specific character. I I also yeah. love that him and Cosmo like how they play off each other. How he like instead of hitting the bad guy, he just hits like a br- a stone wall and the stone cracks, and that's enough that Cosmo's like telekinesis can like grab it and just straight up sandwich that guy. Yeah, just just flat as a layer of peanut butter. Indeed, indeed. Um. Yeah, just like I, it, man, there there is this this joyfulness un, underneath yes. it all, and I think that's kind of how the movie ends. Like on this sense yes. of like, it's not sad, it's not a goodbye. It is this joyful like we've 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 overcome these these first main steps. We don't know what's next, but man, we did the thing, and it's yes. just like yeah, <laughs> this was great. This was so good. I- some more tiny little bits I want to mention before we talk about like the music of the thing 
But yeah. I have to talk about the music. Of course. Uh, I love that we... I love that on Nowhere you see Craglin and, and Cosmo and Howard the Duck and all these characters like sitting around playing, playing poker cards, your dog's yeah. playing poker moment. I love that we see that guy, like the broker character from the first movie who ran that like curio shop on Xandar. Yeah. I was so happy to see that guy again. <laughs> like yeah. I think the series is really good at calling back things you want to see again that you didn't know you wanted to see again i had no idea if that guy even lived past the end of that movie i he's not on a wish list but boy was i happy to see him (laughs) and one of my favorite jokes that isn't even really a joke is when they're breaking into orgo corp and you see nathan fillion in his weird like bug suit uh like talking yeah Right, talking shop with those those other guards, and he mentions like he got some sort of a technical upgrade to a vehicle or a weapon. I don't even remember what it is. But he rattles off some numbers, and one of his coworkers is like, "Oh like, yeah, that yeah. thing's cool." And he's like, "That's not real. I just made that up." And the guy's like, "I, I, I thought you said something else." <laughs> but he's so sincere when, like, about it too. Like, well, right. in, no. in, in 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 the moment, like he he yes. he is just like. Uh, uh, busted i thought you said something else. but then yeah <laughs> later Continue. it's later when nathan fillion is talking because they think they're like oh drax is an idiot you know <laughs> we got, got, this is a I boss's nephew we got too, stuck with him too. on our team and he's like yeah i got one of them too and the guy says i thought you said something else like yes. it's not that it's when he says there is a guy on my team i really like this guy's great this guy's cool that guy like doesn't react to the compliments the fact that that guy just stands there and blinks and like nathan fillion likes him so much but why what does he do yeah (laughs) just the choice of that guy not reacting is very funny to me i i i I liked that one a lot um i i think another moment for me is when mantis brings up peter's grand dad that's like hey yeah there's a chance he <laughs> might still be alive and he's like he'd be like 90 and and she goes right? so and he's like humans live to be like 50 and, and, oh and then she goes oh my god peter are you gonna die and then without <laughs> saying anything jarax is in the back just shaking his head like yep about to happen any any day now old peter yeah. I do like that you like, not still get these moments where you remember Peter has barely been around other humans since he was eight years old. He's been around humanoid right. space creatures like Craglin's not from Earth. I don't know where he's from. He forgets how humanity works. He's like adults die when they're 50. Right. But how how old is Peter, though? I, I mean, he was born in like 1980. So... It isn't current MCU like slightly oh, ahead of where we are. So he that's be like true. Yeah, forty something. He's close to fifty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's not far off. So Drax <laughs> isn't wrong by Peter's standards, right? Now, he's just like, yep. This <laughs> this movie sets up it. There's lines like that that lead you to think this is going to come back later when that character dies. Mm. Like, like mentioning that Peter's like so old he must be dead soon and like the two times Peter refers to Rocket as his best friend and Drax mutters second, second best friend yeah. <laughs> I was expecting there's going to be a third beat of that where Drax dies and Peter's like Drax you are my best friend like 
I like that the movie set these things up to give you an expectation and then defy it. Like as we get towards the end of the movie, largely when most when most of the characters like hop off of the spaceship onto the giant floating head of nowhere that they're piloting around like a big floating head, which is incredible. When mm-hmm. everybody else is like hopped off there, you're like, okay, they're out of mortal peril now. And then Peter goes back for the Zune, which is so stupid, but so perfect. So absolutely in line with his character. They're just wordlessly, he's like, I gotta have my Zune. And he gets stuck out there and he's freezing to death. And you think, oh, is this the death that we're getting? But then as soon as his face balloons up, I'm like, okay, he's not dying like this. You would not kill off your protagonist with a big puffy face. You're too sincere for that. I mean, you never know. I, what is James G- G- Gunn like? Right? I these movies, there's an there's lots of jokes in them, but I don't know if they're not irreverent overall. There is a lot of sincerity, a lot of heart to them. I'm like, I know this is not how you were going to take Peter out. I like throughout the movie just the sort of expectation of. Now the movie almost knowingly kind of prodding you into believing certain things are going to happen and then taking it away at the last moment, like Mm -hmm. setting up beat one, beat two, and then never giving you a beat three where you think there's going to be beat three. Mm. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Speaking of beats, though, Melissa, I know you want to talk about the music uh, and stuff, which is always a big part of the Guardians movies. Um, I know James Gunn likes to actually play. Uh, some of the music like diegetically in the scenes it's not just something they put in post Uh, so music tell me about it Uh, I so I mentioned there was one song that I knew was going to be in this movie outside the Mm -hmm. ones that played in the the teasers like since you've been gone by rainbow in the meantime by space hog I think I did hear that do you realize by the flaming lips was played in like a a D23 or Comic-Con exclusive trailer that never got leaked. The one I knew was that the movie was going to end with Come and Get Your Love by Redbone, just the way that the first movie in the main timeline, not counting the flashback to Earth, the way the first movie started. Yeah. Which I love. I think that's such a smart choice. Uh, And I love that it is Rocket that plays it. And like, we, we don't know if Rocket knows that was one of Peter's favorite songs specifically. Like Rocket does not know that moment that all of us saw at the beginning of the first movie and echoed right. again in Infinity War. But I think it's so smart that we keep seeing Rocket engage more with music the way Peter does. Like he's putting songs on. He's kind of humming or singing along to them. They're in that scene where he's looking out at the sky with the high evolutionary. He is like, hey, I like the music that you're playing. Yes. He he does have an affinity for music, too. Yeah. Um, I like that that comes through in this movie as this sign of. uh, You're the next leader. The leader mm -hmm. must also must always be a big music head like that. That sort of continuity. Leader will be bestowed the sacred zoon. (laughs) Right. The sacred zoon. But we got a lot more songs in this movie than we usually do. I think due to the length of the, the movies, like like 20 minutes longer than the previous movies are. Plus, like you can fit more in a Zoom than you can on just a mixtape. A mixtape is kind of limited to the 12 songs that the previous movies had on their soundtracks. Sure. Yeah. I think the the needle drops as a whole, we didn't have as many that like 
hit as hard and felt as like purposeful as they did in the previous movies where it's definitely like here is the scene here is the song the song's really going to stand out this movie had more like things just playing in the background just casually but when the songs really hit they hit hard yeah uh one of the outstanding ones being the action scene set to no sleep till brooklyn great scene that's great scene such a highlight of the movie this has got way more uh, recent songs. Like I knew based on the songs that were played and like the teasers that we were getting up through the 90s, but I didn't know for sure that we were getting up until the 2000s, which I mm-hmm. guess makes sense. It includes songs from when Azun existed. Yeah. But that yeah. was a surprise every time they played something recent. And Dog Days Are Over, I could not see coming, but I think it's it works so well in the finale. I like that they play like practically the whole song. Like you see it in all these different contexts. Like you see everybody dancing. You know, you see Peter going back to Earth set to this song. I think that's really lovely. But the one that really surprised me, I don't know if you know this song. It's a song that's playing like as Rocket is like piloting the ship into like the big final battle with the high evolutionary. It's a, it's like the accordion song. It's This Is The Day by The The. This is one of my favorite songs. Like, this is single girl, though I am. This is on my list of my future husband had better agree that we play this at our wedding. It's like that (laughs) level of song that's important to me. And I I mentioned to you on the captain's log that I was making my own like fantasy volume three playlist because I didn't let Uh myself look up the actual one. Right. Before I went to see the movie, I'm like. This is the last time I'm going to be able to be in the space where I'm guessing at what songs are going to be in the movie. This was on that list. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. Like, I, I, I was yes. in, interested in, like, how much of this would you get right? Or, like, can I, can you get any song that you guessed on the actual thing? Which, yeah, I guess you did. I, you I, nailed I, it. <laughs> I... It was on there for a long time. I swapped it out for something. I swapped it out for an NXS song at the last moment. So I didn't get this 100% right, but it was ah. like really high up there in my consideration. And then two songs I could put on my fantasy playlist were Superstar by the Carpenters and Friends in Low Places by Garth Brooks. Just think <laughs> about spaceships crashing into each other while Friends in Low Places plays. Well, they do scum and villainy, right? I got Friends in Low Places. <laughs> And like those songs aren't in there, but those are artists that are mentioned in the post credit scenes when the new Guardians are going around talking about musicians they like. Carpenters and Garth Brooks do come up. Yeah. So I had I had some hits. Uh, I, I guess some of them. So that's right? not bad. I was proud of myself. I'm really excited to listen to this whole soundtrack. Uh, like I'm saving this for my work day tomorrow, coming back to the office after taking the day off. And then I have to catch up on a ton of emails. Like this is going to power me through. Mm-hmm. What did you feel about this soundtrack? Did anything stand out to you? Did you have any favorites? Um, I, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you that like there was a lot more in, in this that I, I, I think played in the back ground or, or, or just like in encapsulated a scene, but nothing truly hit like the come and get your love or the like ooga chaka mm. ooga chaka uh, yeah right like n- I, I don't think it, 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 anything hit in that same way 
but yeah, I think that that repeat of the movie ending on the yes. come and get your love was just a fantastic note. Yes, it's so good because um, I mean, like like you were t- talking about earlier, this idea of love kind of be, being the pervasive yes. thing between all of these groups of people, however they decide to sh- show it. Um is yeah is a theme that underlines the whole trilogy so to have this song then kind of recontextualized at the end here with that of like yeah hey come and get your love it's right here right like yeah. here yeah. is the family we're we're starting a new yes. team who wants to join like all all of that that, that that good good stuff um is is like a a not recruitment song that makes it it's, it's, that, it's an it's, anthem it's like in, in some yeah, way it's an anthem it's a theme song for the guardians um that i i, I think really really works so mm-hmm. good stuff with that um, yeah i yeah and i think it, it thematically makes sense that some of the music doesn't hit quite as hard because in those first two movies peter's got these mixtapes from his mom that are the last remnants of her, like some of the last remnants of his entire experience on earth. And they are so, so deeply precious to him. Uh, and especially like the mixtape as a medium, we're just like record those songs off the radio, record right. them off of yeah. KC 95 real rock radio here in St. Louis. <laughs> but with a zoom, it's like, yeah, this can fit like 500 songs. You just throw them on, throw them off. Like the more casual relationship with the music, I think at least does reflect the world's more casual relationship with the music and the changing of the technology and the medium. So there is like a purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do look forward to like, and like I have listened to those first two guardian soundtracks so much in the interim. So I wonder if that also makes those earlier songs feel so like sacred to me, like these sure. huge yeah. monolithic things. And as I, I go on to listen to this soundtrack more and more, maybe it'll do the same for me that the next times i watch the movie i'm like oh yeah i'm always chasing rainbows by alice cooper truly an iconic choice yep indeed um yeah i mean i i i had a blast with this i think the pacing of the movie works really really well um i like i i kind of mentioned that i felt adam warlock was maybe the the like extra thing that Mm. could have been cut out but he even then, like, I don't think it was a bad choice to put him in there or like that was a mistake or like should have been like it It all fit. It all worked. Yeah. Well, I think you said this one was the longest of the three. It, um, but even so, it's like two and a half hours, whereas the other ones were like two hours and a couple minutes each. You know, they, they, they're feel not like long. It, it doesn't yeah. feel like it is a two yeah. and a half our may I be it just keeps moving right along and I think mm-hmm. having those flashbacks kind of split up in between all of that stuff really makes for some nice pacing these nice you know constant beats um yeah I I man I I have nothing but great things to say about this it was fantastic I loved it um it's yes. in in a like I I've with the recent Marvel stuff since and game, I've I've liked most of it, but I think I've mm-hmm. 
I've found a lot more issues with some of the things of, of like, mm. it was good. I see what they were going for, but maybe that third act didn't hold up or like, uh. I like the ingredients, but the plot didn't make sense or yeah. this thing or, or that. Right. I, it's it's kind of just such a good feeling to have a Marvel yes. movie again. That's just like, look, I, I know you can find things in in here that p- probably are a, not a good choice or who knows what that you can mm. critique. But man, it just it was such a solid one that yes. it's just like this is so good and it feels good to have that again. Um so I'm excited to see what James Gunn does with the DC I, stuff down the road. I do I think it's when they're on Counter Earth and you see Adam Warlock like flying across the streets looking at that absolutely made me believe like this is why this guy got hired to direct and not only write superman like i think he's gonna do a great superman emotionally like just the themes of family like where you came from how you honor or defy where you came from based on like what your needs are like serving like helping people but being your own person specifically the midwestern connection (laughs) Like, I'm excited for a very Midwestern Superman movie. (laughs) The Midwestern connection. Uh, uh, Like, I I think even this trilogy of movies sets James Gunn up in a weird way to do a good Superman. I mean, Mm. we don't know what it'll be like in the end of the of the day. Right. But like you said, so built on love and themes of family and that is a big thing of Superman, but we know that his Superman's story is also dealing with legacy and where you came from. And that's where this trilogy ended, right? It's this idea of like, hey, the Guardians are still here. There's a new version of the team. We just haven't gotten into all of that yet. And I think that maybe we'll go on to some other creator who wants to deal with them. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But like. This almost feels like the stepping stones to James Gunn telling a story about legacy and knowing what kind of emotional stakes need to go into that, where the characters have been and where they need to have gone to make a story like that work. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know. We'll see about all the JC stuff down down Mm -hmm. the road but i i thought this was fantastic yeah absolutely fulfilling and absolutely uplifting i am still amazed at the finale this movie was able to pull off with the the weird gut punch of oh my god everybody lived everything's fine yeah um yeah that was wild i think the only other like easter egg thing that i kind of want to mention is this young girl on the new yes. guardians team she was one of the girls that was in the high evolutionaries uh pr- prison ship job right? job um yeah and uh, she so i i think she was credited was she credited as this do you know i um, i don't rem- I, i'll i'm going to see it again <laughs> Okay, I I, th- I think the new Rockstar's video said she was credited yes. as this, and that's why we know it's this character. But uh, her character is Phyla Vell, uh, who is the daughter of Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. So, which we we've seen Marvel in the Captain Marvel movie. 
um, she ends up, or Phyla Vell, at one point does end up taking on the Captain Marvel name, but not mm. in a, not not in a relation to Carol, but more to mm. um, Marvel. Uh, but she ends yeah. up becoming Quasar, uh, who is also yeah. a very well known member of the Guardians. Um, which I, I again, I don't know much about her. I don't know much about uh, like marvel cosmic stuff in mm-hmm. general um but i i think to me what's interesting is it's marvel's recent trend of including younger characters yes um be, between her between uh thor's daughter now yeah. that's in 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 there i think he, he kamala khan is a little older I, I know she's mm. older in real life, but I, yeah, these like preteen characters. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I know even in some of the Marvel shows that has been on Disney Plus, we've kind of been speculating this like young Avengers team up mm. as we've started yeah. to see some of these characters, even if they aren't like mentioned by name. It's like, yeah, here's this guy's son, which means you are this in the comics. Yes. So I don't know yes. what's happening here. Right. Um. But I, I, I think that is I, 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 I think that is a way to kind of recoup uh, not, not not recoup. I don't know if that's the right word, but just just to kind of continue this cycle, yeah. this, this juggernaut that is the MCU, right, to keep it going. They need to bring new actors in and they need yeah. to bring some fresh life like i think even the actor that plays adam warlock is young enough that we could see him for a long time like yes rocket and groot are cgi so yeah they can be in there for a long time right uh like there's 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 not yeah like i i i I like that trend. I think it is helping in the long run that they are more willing to include younger actors instead yeah. of being like, here's three people named Chris and they're all in their thirties or older. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we've gotten so many possibilities that it's almost like we could have two sets of young Avengers. We've got like a, a 16 to 24 and then we've got like a younger set. <laughs> I mean, there there is like like a a a a team in Marvel called the Champions, which are younger mm. heroes. They're more akin to the Teen Titans, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, like I I could see even something like that, where yeah, there are new new t- t- teams that are starting to form down the road, and maybe we haven't seen those connections be made yet. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm. So, yeah. Good movie. Good stuff. Good. I, yeah. I had a blast. I had a blast. Five in, out of indeed. five. Yeah. Um, do you have any other kind of last minute final stuff that you want to add on to this? I don't think so. I'm probably going to see the movie again next weekend. We're going to go to St. Charles and go to a Dairy Queen. Which echoes that scene in the second film. Also, that's what we did after we saw the first movie back in 2014. Perfect. <laughs> to a Queen. We're, uh, Jack and I arrange our movie-going experiences. The way a film itself echoes its own themes and character journeys. We're like, we gotta go to that restaurant again for continuity. 
You need to b- b- buy some magic spoon cereal and listen to the sound. I, near, I nearly did. I saw some at Target yesterday. If it wasn't nine dollars a box. Oh, yeah, it's so it's so expensive. Uh, but it's blessed by a wizard. So right. you know, <laughs> maybe worth it. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, well, cool. I think that is our our spoiler cast on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This was a great one. I'm excited to see what the MCU does down the road. Yeah. Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. There you go. Uh, If you guys want to find me, I'm at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. And if you would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So please go like, share, and subscribe. You guys know the deal with all of that. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, we got a bunch more videos for you to check out. Some are right over there on that side of the screen. That would help us out a ton. Um, But yeah, this has been number 115, The Whatnots Reactor Core. And we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.